2: Great, Val. I'm full. I've actually just eaten oh. my body weight in almonds.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Is... I
2: would have probably eaten something else
1: if I was going to eat a lot of something. <laughs>
2: Well, but, you know, I bought but, them to be healthy, but oh. you don't don't buy the half kilo bag because it's like you know you have yeah. a few every time you go past, you have a few more, and then you look and uh, the packet's are nearly gone. Mm, nuts. And then you of wonder why you feel so
1: full. Are very yeah. she can't stop with nuts. I know. I, I am know. not eating nuts or almonds, but I am. I'll be honest, having having a glass of
2: wine because I've just had one of those days. Yes, you've been cut off from uh, the real world, haven't you, Val? Well, this is first world problems. You've lost your internet today, but oh, it's yes, back that, now. Th- that's one of the one of the things. But yes, yeah. I just had.
1: You know how you just have one of those days where everything yeah. is like, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm going to be positive because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> things are looking up. I hope. <laughs> um. So. I'm keen to get on to this week's topic, which is Sony, Canon, Nikon, Panasonic, Olympus or Fuji or mirrorless or DSLR. Here's what you need to know because there really Mm -hmm. are so many options these days when it comes to the gear that you can choose. There's so many different Mm -hmm. options. I have been wrestling with two of my cameras today and, oh my goodness, it's been driving me slightly bonkers. but before we get on to that, what have you been up to?
2: So I just finished recording the latest gold community, Ask Me Anything. So that was really Uh, cool. We we discussed some great um, topics today. We had a lot of new members come on the line, which was exciting. So we went um, deep, which is what I love about the Ask Me Anything. We we discussed uh, metering modes and, uh, you know, how to meter for skin tones. And we also – I did a demonstration on how – I cull my images, which I think made quite a few people gasp at how, (laughs) like, um, uh, I take no prison. I just was like. And this one no, no connection in the eyes that's a no that's a no that's a no, wow, oh, that might be a yes, and the thing is as you when you first start with photography, and this was certainly the case with me, if like if I had an image, <laughs> I was happy, it was fantastic, you know, and then when I got next level, if it was actually sharp, then mm. I was happy, so like when I was first starting, the way I culled was if it was sharp, it was a keeper, if it wasn't sharp wasn't a keeper but sometimes I had to go well it's sharp enough if you (laughs) squint and put that one in too and then as you sort of um, get more confident with your photography you start to cull a bit uh, harder and I guess you're probably finding that with your uh, painting journey Val, like at first you love everything that you do and then you sort of start to question yourself a lot I think it's just the life of an artist but I think uh, learning how to cull efficiently uh, so that you're not giving your client 50 of the same shots and giving them the best one and also we talked about like why you shouldn't give all the images to the client because chances Mm. are that one that you're a bit iffy about but you go just give it to them Mm. to pat it out Mm. is the one they end up using on the (laughs) cover and you go why did they pick that? Why? That is so
1: true and you know what's interesting though because you're talking about say culling images with people in them and you're saying okay no connection in the eyes or not smiling or whatever. And therefore, there is a benchmark that you're basing that on. You know what I've been doing today? I've had a thousand bazillion images on my computer, but because they are of my artwork, you can't Mm. say, oh, there's no connection in the eyes or they're not quite at the right angle. I mean, some you can say not quite the right angle, but you know what I mean? If they don't have their arm the right way, they all look the same and so the d- the differences are so subtle. I have found it so hard to cull and so hard to pick the one that's actually the best one because on the surface they look so similar. And so that's, that's really time. interesting
2: that you say that. I've had a conversation, and I can't remember if we had this conversation when I was interviewing him or it was a conversation after we finished recording. But Bradley Hansen, who I interviewed mm. uh, a few episodes ago, who's a lifestyle and wedding photographer in the States, was talking about that when he's culling, there's this thing that you get in your head that you get attached to your images because of the degree of difficulty involved yes. in creating that <laughs> shot. So I know that. I, and I'm like that was for me was the, he's the first person that's ever uh, explained that in a way then I went oh yeah you're so right so like mm. and I know I do that I will like I know I'll show you work and I go look at this foul or I'll mm. show someone else and I go what do you think and you'll like give me nothing. Like, <laughs> I go, but it's like and then I have to explain do you know how hard it was to get that shot? Do you know how that the light I I used this lighting and you know, and there was a yeah. split second and you could could go o- either way. And so Often you're basing your decision on whether to keep the image or not or whether it's good or not based on the degree of difficulty, but your clients don't see that. They're just no. going to have an emotional reaction to the shot. So I guess you're also going, well, that painting that had 15 layers or what, what, what you're doing, the inlay with the timber that you I know mm-hmm. takes you a bazillion years to do. So it's going to be hard for you to go, well, no, that's not going to make it into the cut because you go, mm. no, no. Four weeks of my life went into that shot, that image, that staying. <laughs>
1: yes. But you know what's interesting is that I've got um- – like some artwork, and I'm using the focus points, right? We've talked yeah. about focus points lots of times, you know, making sure that you choose the right focus point and put it over, say, the eye of some someone's eye. But of course, yeah. there's no eyes in my artwork. And yeah. so I'm thinking, oh, what should I use the focus point on? Contrast. Yeah, so I, I'm doing that. But yeah. still, I, it's it's just because that essentially the images look the same, it's very hard to to cull so very very interested to hear your thoughts at a later date on on culling such images but um yeah Gina was talking about the ask me anything that she does every month with the gold community awesome group of emerging and aspiring and established photographers as well who are in the gold community and here's a little bit more information about that awesome group
2: Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surfers in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight, or high end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly monthly live calls, and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So, what are you waiting for? Join the goal community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com.
1: All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, Gina. What made you think of this week's topic, which is really all about what to choose? I mean, we're living in a great time at the moment in the sense that we have so many options available to us, you know even twenty years ago or forty years ago, when you know my dad was showing me cameras and for the first mm. time, there were a lot fewer options. you could count them you know, whereas these days there are so many different not only brands but but models, and then within the models, there's so many different types and different lenses and all of that, so it can be overwhelming,
2: yeah. What? And so well this this yeah, is why, where do we start? What, well there there you're right there's never been a more exciting time to be a photographer because there's this like uh technology boom that's going on and there's uh, all the big uh camera manufacturers are like they're competing for our love really and so they're developing yeah. bigger better faster cameras lighting systems and and it can be confusing as to what to buy because if you believe the hype uh mm. when you buy this camera it's going to make you doesn't matter what you buy what brand you you get the sense that it's going to make you a better photographer like buying that camera but it's 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 not the case. So, like, I just want to have a really in-depth discussion about what you should be thinking about when you're considering your next camera. If if you're just entering the photography market and you're looking at an entry level, then what do you actually need to look for? And you know, comparing uh, all the right specs and not getting sort of swept up in the hype. And uh, like, I want to talk about stuff like the, the camera that you want is not necessarily the camera that you need and yeah wh- totally there's also been a lot of discussion about whether or not dslr is dead with canon and nikon in the last week announcing their um sort of entry that well they've all both dabbled in in sort of entry level mirrorless but now they've both introduced these full frame uh mirrorless cameras and uh so we'll, we'll have a look at that and then i want to talk about the sort of uh, what you need to consider before you go out and buy and whether to swap over from a DSLR system to mm. a mirrorless system. So, shall wow, we dive okay. in, Val?
1: Dive in, dive in. Where are we going to start? Are we going to start at the top end or the not so top end?
2: <laughs> we'll start in the middle. No, we'll start at the top, shall we? Okay, let's so, start at the top. Um, look, there's... There's no question in my mind I know firsthand that all these advances have definitely made my life easier as a professional photographer. So there's things like having larger file sizes and resolution means that I get crisper-looking images. So I can shoot – I know because I'm looking at my images all the time and I can compare a shot, let's say, where I shoot uh, a small figure in in a large – uh, kind of a background, and I can zoom in and have a look, and I know that the resolution is so much better, so that when I'm doing yep. say a large cast shot, whereas say in the past, I would have had to divide that cast shot into multiple images and then stitch it together to get the file size to get a decent resolution, so everyone looked good in the image. you know know what I mean there val mm, you know yep, so yep, totally. and then you know, I think the biggest advance that I've noticed is how much better autofocus is, how much faster. So like when I first started uh, with digital and definitely shooting SLR, like focus was a huge issue and it's always been an issue for photographers. So like the first, and we talked about the culling process. Honestly, the, when I was culling uh, earlier in my career, it would be that the, 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 the monologue would be soft, 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 sharp, soft, soft, <laughs> soft, soft. soft <laughs> sharp mm. and there wasn't a, as many keepers because the you're relying on um your eyes <laughs> if you were shooting uh focusing manually or then i started relying on autofocus and autofocus now is has gotten so good that you'd be almost crazy to shoot manually because there's no way that e- even if you've got amazing vision that if you're in uh, low light like you're shooting at dusk or dawn or ve- where it's very flat it's very hard to focus. So the 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 ability to, to, to nail the shot, I'm getting definitely, I would say, ninety five percent or higher, which is better than I got in any of my grades at school, Val. So <laughs> you were probably getting what were your average marks, Val? Just out of interest. You were getting ninety five, so weren't you pluses? Were well, you getting A plus? <laughs> were you that?
1: I was Girl, getting more work. than ninety-five. Ninety five is a disappointment to me. Oh, what? <laughs> 98. Would you cry if you got a 95? I wouldn't cry, but I'd just be
2: disappointed. I never oh cry. Why did I already know that about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> that's so funny. The other advances <laughs> are like things like better low-light performance, so which, like, that in itself has opened up this whole new world of possibility. Like, as you remember, like, back in the day, shooting anything over, say, 400 ISO was you Mm -hmm. knew you were going to get, very grainy-looking images, but now you can shoot in low-light conditions and you'll get great images. So you can shoot indoors without having to use flash, or you can shoot at dusk, or even mm. like in very, very dark situations, and still get great shots. Some of the uh, developments on the mirrorless side include things like having electronic viewfinders. So basically, what that is is you, the viewfinder is going to show you preview what your shot is going to look like before you take it. So let's say that you're uh, setting up a shot and you want to stop, open all the way up, so open your aperture so that you're going to have a uh, a very narrow depth of field, so your your eyes will be sharp on your model, and the background's going to drop out of focus. You'll see that in the as you look through the viewfinder, exactly what it looks like, which yep. is great. And so, if your image is underexposed, you'll see it in the viewfinder that oh, I need to open up a stop. So that that sort of stuff is is pretty cool. And mm. other advances, like I know that I love the thing I love about my five D Mark IV is the touch screen, so I can oh, I can yeah. um touch on the screen where I want the camera to focus, I'll go, well, like, you know, that's my focus point there and it'll do it and and great little inventions like Wi-Fi connectivity so I was yeah. using my little Fuji x100f and I was out on location and basically uh, I had some spare time before I had to be back in the office but I really wanted to see my images felt and I didn't have my laptop so I sent mm. them all to my phone so I could yes. look at them and play with them on snapseed which is yes. so cool and but this is stuff that you can do like even now when I'm shooting I can get my clients to have an app on their iPads and they can all be standing around. They don't need to be hovering around me. They could be in another room and seeing the images as I shoot them. So, this is fantastic. So, um, all these advances have made my life easier, but I have to say that none of these advances have made me a better photographer. They just make (laughs) life easy right? Yes. So, a lot of people believe that, oh my God, if I've got bigger megapixels and sharper images, it, it's going to make a better image, but it's not the case. So, it's not it's not about uh, the technical abilities of the camera. It has nothing to do that. It, it's all about that who the person behind the camera the person who's taking the shot so we know that, that that they're introducing um ai into cameras so it's becoming very intelligent but it doesn't matter how intelligent the ai becomes how many megapixels how sharp your images are mm. the camera isn't going to shoot uh, be able to choose an interesting subject, or know the difference between, say, a model with a vacuous stare or a model that's got soulful eyes. And yeah. a camera doesn't understand composition, and it doesn't have the ability to, say, find the simplicity in a chaotic moment or beauty in subjects that, say, everyone else might walk past and 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 not see. Do you get what yeah. I mean? So yeah, they're not totally. going to be able to do that. So, and you know. That's an important thing to remember. So, um, what you need to think about is I've decided that there is a shoe protocol that you need to apply when you're choosing your camera valve. A what? A shoe protocol. So when you're comparing camera systems, um, yes. it should be like, uh, comparing whether you want to wear black lace up combat boots. <laughs> or diamante-studded stilettos, okay? So when you think about shoes, Val, they have one key purpose, really, if we bring it down to the very basics. They are to protect your feet, okay? Yeah. Now, depending on the climate that you live in, they also may need to either keep your feet warm if you live in a really cold climate or you're walking on snow or if you're in a very hot country, you wanted to be able to protect your feet but also to supply some sort of air circulation. So, you might be wearing sandals or flip-flops. Now, depending on what you do while you're wearing the shoes is going to also influence what sort of shoes you wear. So if you're a construction worker, you need to wear boots that are that are not only going to protect the underneath part of your feet but that also protect the feet from being crushed by maybe machinery or nails or even chemicals, right? right. If you're an athlete, you want to wear shoes that are not only comfortable, but they help support your feet while you run, and they might give more support to your ankles so you don't roll your ankles. And if you're someone who suffers from um, that is vertically challenged, Val, <laughs> you might wear shoes that are going to give you make you look taller. So that is yes. the function of those t- uh, those shoes, or. Uh, on a completely impractical note, you may just want to look hot in high, very high stilettos with diamond yes. on them. Okay. Because yes. it's just as completely shallow as you just okay. want to look good. So, got it. In today's market, it's basically, it doesn't matter what you buy, you're going to get a really good camera. You can't go wrong, basically. They're all fantastic. Today's cameras, even at the level of a phone camera, is going to be good. It comes down to what you're going to use it for. Now, when it comes to choosing, because the the buzzwords are, do you shoot mirrorless or do you go with DSLR? And is DSLR, in fact, dead? And the answer is it depends. It depends on and I don't want mirrorless lovers to get defensive uh, for the record I absolutely absolutely adore my Fuji uh 1X100F it's a little zippy camera it's a $1500 camera val but I've been yeah. getting great results having said that it shits me up the wall sometimes <laughs> because because I'm only getting a 25% keeper rate but that one in four images are fantastic but I'm losing uh, three-quarters of the images and that has to do with the fact that I've had the battery just dies. It just up and dies as I'm about to take the shot and convince the person to pose for me. Oh, sorry, the battery's died. Hang on a minute. Just stay there. Keep that thought while I change the battery. That's kind of awkward, right? And so frustrating. It misses focus. I knock the buttons. It's not fun. Okay, so but I'm going to persevere with it because the advantages of using that camera for my street portrait work that I'm doing is it's light, it's unassuming, I can walk around. No one takes me seriously with that camera so I can get away with a lot more than when I front up with my, say, 5D Mark IV and a big lens bolted on. It just screams you're a professional photographer. Therefore, we need to get something from you or like we don't trust you somehow. Or, like, if you're wandering around the markets in an an overseas country, a friend of mine kept saying, do you have to wear the Rolex around your neck? Which means it's like it's hard for her to barter when I'm wearing this camera that just screams, like, hey, I've got a lot of money. Let's – don't bother bartering with me. So, this Mm. is why – I love, and you know, for travel with, it's very difficult to travel with uh, a lot of gear these days. So it it really is a godsend, and it's been uh, amazing to just be able to throw the camera and uh, like a couple of other bits and pieces into my pocket or into my bag, and that's it. That's all I need. I'm not having to lug a kit. So I'm going to persevere. But it, you know, there are frustrating parts about it. So there are. um enthusiast photographers who are using the mirrorless and they're loving them to death uh and these uh, a lot of these photographers i don't and i i dare say a lot of bloggers that are and vloggers that are talking about mirrorless and talking it up are using them for vlogging val so that's basically where they're really good they're great cameras for vlogging cuz they're light you can hand hold them they they have you can attach external microphones on them they've got the flip screens they're fantastic for vlogging and for when you're shooting occasionally but uh as a pro photographer needing to shoot in the studio there's things that that I need like um the ability to be able to have good color and uh the the Canon or a Nikon system uh, provides that i think that uh canon, and i'm not i'm not paid by canon valerie i just like no. their cameras i used to shoot yep. nikon at the moment this is the best camera for me i really like the way canon renders uh skin tones it's really beautiful so for me i need a camera that's going to be able to uh, deliver the result and i'm not going to risk uh, a big shoot where i've got a lot on the line on a mirrorless. Yet, yet. Okay, Ye- but yet. I All know, right. I know that that time is coming because what Canon and uh Nikon have just put out is kind of good, but not there yet. And both those cameras that they've introduced are not pro cameras; they're vlogging cameras and they're they're Ooh. enthusiast, enthusiastic, enthusiast cameras because they're not cheap. They're a few few grand, so they're not a cheap camera, but they're not quite there in my opinion. They're not quite there yet, but there are but all what these exactly fantastic advantages. What,
1: what exactly needs to change for it to be a camera of choice in a big shoot?
2: Okay, so the Canon uh only one card slot and using SD not um CF cards. So that's right, not yeah. good enough for me. Uh there, there was a whole whole lot of things. Like I don't need a flip screen bell. I don't care about a flip screen <laughs> nor do I care about having uh video in my camera. I just want to take shots. Okay? Mm-hmm. The, it's uh, and if I jump to the new uh, full-frame mirrorless from Canon, what they've done is they've completely changed it so that you, you can use your old lenses, but you've got to use an adapter. That annoys yep. me. Uh, so I'm going to have to buy the new lenses, and the new lenses, I have to say, Amazing really sexy glass so that's a good thing but it's a whole outlay so there's going to come a time when pro photographers are going to need to decide like we did back when we all jumped onto digital whether we make that uh investment and and most of us will and it'll mean that we have to trade our old glass or gradually phase it out and buy Mm. these new lenses which are like faster bigger better amazing so um it is. It's exciting time for me personally. It's not there yet and uh, I, I, I love the battery life of my Canon. I, I love everything that it does. But what I'm doing is I am uh, hedging my bets each way and I am getting in and I'm embracing the mirrorless system. So uh, what I'm now considering doing is having Uh, a third camera, which will be mirrorless. Now at the moment, I've got the X100F, which is pretty much a a play camera for me, but I'm thinking of stepping up another level and going to uh, maybe a full frame uh, mirrorless to have as a travel camera that I use. And I keep my um, DSLRs For the studio stuff that I do, so that's that's I've got one. So in your upcoming
1: trip, you're going
2: um, overseas soon. What are you going to bring with you? So I'm going to have the. uh, So normally I would have uh, my one DX and my uh, Canon uh, 5D Mark IV, and then a selection of lenses, pairing Mm. it right down. This will be the lightest I've ever travelled. I'll have the 5D Mark IV, 24 to 105, and The Fuji, which is a fixed uh, uh, equivalent of a 35mm lens on it, so that's it, and a flash. Wow. That's it, and a reflector. That is minimal for you. That is nothing for me. That is I don't have to lie at checking or hide my bag. (laughs) So it's like I will actually have – like a light light kit. So, that, yeah, that's exciting. You are actually going to check in luggage, I like your clothes, in, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I check in clothes, but not a lot because yeah. I d- hopefully won't see people that I know so I can wear the same clothes every day. Yeah, but don't you want to feel safe, fresh? So. Yeah, feel fresh, but you don't need to, like, you, you know, you don't need that many clothes for, for a few <laughs> days and I won't need to be packing. I don't think I'm going to bring a tripod. I don't think. Oh, you're not going to bring a tripod. I don't think so. That's like three kilos there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. All right, cool. There's a lot of so, pros yep. to the mirrorless. Okay, but yes, so right, you've yes. got that electronic viewfinder is very cool, but when you're shooting in a studio, it's not going to preview what your <laughs> what your lights look like, you know? That's why yeah. you shoot tethered. So, uh the thing that annoyed me most about mirrorless is pretty much gone, which was the lag between the reality and the EVF. So that's that's all good. Um but it's it is beautiful when you're outside shooting in full sun to be able to look at your images through the viewfinder rather than on the LCD when you're in bright sun and you see your images. Mm. It's fantastic. So, uh, the the silent shooting is fantastic, the faster sync speed means that you can do more amazing things with flash with these uh, cameras. On the flip side, the cons of uh, mirrorless, still the battery lights, battery life, as I described, is a bit shite. And mm. um, the the thing that everyone is jumping on board these mirrorlesses about is, oh, wow, they're so light, they're so easy to travel with. But what's happening is the full-frame mirrorless with the uh, lenses that go with them, they're pretty much the same size as a DSLR anyway, so that, that kind of cancels um, them out. And then there is that the, right, the yeah. annoying thing that most of the cameras won't give uh, dual card slots. So if you're a wedding shooter and you've only got mm. one card slot, that's a bit risky. Uh, there's no backup. Having said that, in the film days, we didn't have a backup film roll, you know. So if you stuffed up your film, you didn't have That's another right. version. So like, you know, there's that side about it. Something that not, not all of them have uh, a weather sealed. So like, if you're outside shooting in snow or rain, that is a worry. And there, uh, at, at this point, there is a limited amount of lenses you can get compared to what you can get with DSLR. So, um, and it's expensive to switch over. And the most important thing to me. And that people keep telling like like people do get offended when you bag mirrorless, and I'm not bagging mirrorless. I'm just saying that here's the, here's my thinking on it all. I'm ready to embrace it. I really want to. The yeah. color technology it 's not there yet, as far as i 'm concerned, and uh yes, you can tweak it in post, but why should i <laughs> why can 't yeah. I just get the the color looking great when i uh get the camera and I have played with different profiles and it but it 's not there a hundred percent so um I think there has never been a better time to buy d s l r lenses because uh a lot of the uh mirrorless uh, people that are embracing mirrorless are ditching their DSLRs. So if you want to get a bargain in terms of second hand, you can get a pro level camera that someone's had for maybe two years and get this amazing technology for a lot less than you would have if um, mirrorless didn't exist. So uh, at the moment, mirrorless for me is for uh, the art side of my work, for experimenting and improving my skills, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but. I, I'm not saying never, never. I know there will be a day where I will completely go, oh, my God, mirrorless is amazing. at this. just I love it. So you've <laughs> talked about the reasons
1: why mirrorless is not the choice for you for your commercial work, for, you know, it's yep. something that you're definitely using more and more in your street photography. Yep. But what are the go-to Recommendations for for cameras for people at the top end, and we'll obviously get to the middle and and yeah yeah the more entry level um, very soon. So, wh- so what? Do so you let's think? have a,
2: Let's have a t- just yeah. quick chat about what you should consider before you're purchasing a camera, and these are the things that you want to think about. Okay, so before you just go out and buy uh, the camera that everyone's raving about, like you need to consider what is it. And how much are you shooting? So if you're going to be shooting like weddings and, you know, multiple, multiple images every day, each and every day, then you want to consider that you definitely want to go pro level because that kind of camera, and it doesn't matter, I'm not saying that you need to go DSLR or mirrorless, but just consider that you want a better quality of camera because the entry level or the cheaper cameras are going to wear out a lot quicker. So you want something a bit more robust that's, going to um, stand the wear and tear of say a couple of thousand images a day that you might be shooting if you're doing multiple weddings or multiple events or multiple portrait shoots okay Mm. The other thing you want to consider is where are you shooting? Are you going to be trekking to like sub-zero temperatures? Are you going to be out shooting in the rain? You know, then you want to consider a camera that is weather sealed. Very important because if you've got, there's nothing worse than having your beautiful brand new, you know, 1500 bucks is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. It's a lot of money. And then it, you go out and you get caught in the rain and you, you, you're shooting because it's beautiful but it it stuffs up the camera because Mm. you didn't know it wasn't weather sealed so check that is it okay to and i'm not saying that you go into the surf and swim underwater with the camera but is Mm. it going to withstand like extreme temperatures or even getting a a little bit of rain on it the other thing you want to consider is like are you going to be shooting high speed Speed events like you want to do a lot of uh, sport, so you want to make sure that your camera's got like a high shutter speed, you know, fast autofocus. That is uh, very important if you're going to be shooting fast moving subjects if you're just going to be not just but if you're shooting say street or travel then you want something that's small and discreet and so there are a lot of really cool little mirrorless cameras that they fit or and point and shoot cameras that just fit in your pocket that are perfect for street and travel so you're not lugging away around this huge kit all day long and you're not um standing out from the crowd
1: all right mm. if you're
2: shooting portraits and that's important then i think that when you're shooting portraits it's important that you get good skin tones so you want to look at what are the color profiles well, how, what, what are the images looking like out of the camera? How do they handle skin tones? So that's important. If you're someone that wants to shoot a lot of landscape and getting like lots of beautiful detail throughout the whole image, then you want to maybe look at, or you're shooting, uh, say, uh, products where detail is important, then you want to maybe look at a, a camera that has, uh, a higher resolution. So larger megapixels are suited to that sort of photography okay if um mm-hmm. you only shoot once a month and you're only like you're a ca- kind of a casual photographer then it doesn't matter pick anyone it doesn't matter they're all good you can't go wrong right. <laughs> which is yeah, what's exciting okay. <laughs> if you have a limited budget and say you've only mm. got a few hundred dollars to spare i would consider getting, and and if you don't mind, if you're not that fussed about new camera smell, then getting Mm -hmm. the uh, second-hand uh, a mid or a pro body, so for around uh, 500 bucks, you can pick up a pretty decent camera that someone said, all right, I'm ready for the next model. There's plenty out there and, uh, you know, that, that would be a good buy. That's just
1: the body you're talking about. Yeah, you're not Yeah, yeah, the body about the lenses. and then you've got to yep. sort of
2: hunt around and there's people that just love it. it's like the thrill of the chase, hunting around for secondhand stuff. It's out there, yep. you know. You could, you could team it with a manual focus lens and start with one lens and build from there. If you have no budget, Val, use your mm. phone. Just shoot, like, for the sake of shooting or so do like um, the person that we interviewed last week on the episode, Donato Di Camillo did. He was in prison, mm. didn't have anything, was learning photography. He just used his imagination until mm. that time several years later when he had the chance to finally take photos. And finally, Val, if you're a dentist or your surname is Kardashian, You can get whatever you want and get 20 of them. (laughs) Okay. All right? Yes. If you're a a vlogger, Val, then you want to (laughs) think about something that has a flip screen so that you can flip that up and you can sort of line up your shot and see what you're doing. You also want to think about often people when they're vlogging are holding the camera out in front of them. So you don't want something that's a few kilos because after a little while that's going to be too heavy and you also want to have – um, things like uh, a a way to attach external microphones and maybe yes. dual cast sl- ju- dual card slots so you don't you know you're out in the, some amazing location and the card fails and and then you can't like you've lost it all and maybe uh the ability to shoot 4K which is always cool and uh maybe some image stabilization so that your your, your video isn't jerky
1: mm. And I just say I'm just flipped my flip screen of my – I'm holding it in my hand of my Canon mirrorless. And the annoying thing about this is that it flips down, not flips to the
2: side, so you Uh can never use it with a tripod.
1: Yeah. It's just so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's like –
2: They just design stuff and go. What? We don't need to ask anyone. (laughs) (laughs) This is good enough. Looks like designed by. uh, Is anyone a photographer here designing the camera? Nah. (laughs) All right. So what's next? All right. So let's talk about uh, a few of the cameras. And as I said, you know, anything you buy today, you're not. You can't go wrong. So it comes down to, as I was saying, with the shoe system, what kind of shoe do you need? What are you doing? What what do you like to wear? You can't go wrong. So if you Well, you uh, can because at,
1: some shoes hurt a lot, especially the high ones.
2: Well, the most important thing to remember is whatever camera you buy, make sure it's a camera that is going to fit you and you're going to love it because if you don't and it's annoying to use and it's too hard to learn you're not going to use it, you're not going to shoot with it and that's a waste of time and that's sad, just sits in the cupboard. So, you know, it's worth going to a physical camera store or sometimes people have workshops where they might, um, you know, let you uh, play with all the different brands and, and have a look and you'll know, you'll know. It's like when you meet the person you're supposed to be with, you just know, Val. <laughs> yes, all right. right it just but
1: can I just right. say though, if people are starting out, I know yeah. that it can be really tempting to go, you know, especially if you um, can afford it. I, I know it can be really tempting to go to the top of the line camera, mm. and you might tell yourself, "But I'm going to make sure that I, you know, use it and I do this and I did that, and and that I'll get a return on investment on it." But the thing is, if you are just starting out, you might. Do that but it depends on your lifestyle if you're not the sort of person who's going to carry a big camera around with you very often you end up not actually using it that much yep. so if your lifestyle is such that it's not practical for you to do that like if you already think have plans to have a studio go for it but if your lifestyle is such that it's not practical for you to do that it could be easier or it could be it m- make a lot more sense for you to get a smaller camera, one that Mm -hmm. you can easily carry around, put in your handbag or whatever, so that you'll actually use it. And when you use your camera more and more, you will get more and more into it. And then you'll want to find, uh, you know, excuses and reasons to use the big camera because you're really into it. But I know so many people who buy the big big boy, big girl camera. And... With all great intentions, Yep. but because it is actually impractical to carry around in some cases, or in many cases, you they 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 don't use it, and it sits there for years and years and years uh, before they finally, you know, take it on holiday, and st- or, or or they they they've got four weeks annual leave, or they retired or whatever, but you've missed out on all that joy in the meantime, so. I would recommend to think about your lifestyle very much when you're choosing your camera.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I recommend that it, for your first camera, uh, the same advice when I got when I was buying my first car just get the one that gets you from A to B. Now, my first car, I wanted a sports car, Val. I wanted a convertible sports car. My dad yeah. talked me out of it. He said, it all sounds really good, and I know that you know. But he said, "Chances are, people are when you park it at the car park, it's going to get dinged. You're going to be afraid mm-hmm. to to leave it places, and it's going to be expensive to run. And you're not ready for that, you know." He said, "Just mm-hmm. get the get get a get a good car that gets you from A to B." So I settled on a Toyota Corolla because, you know. There's no point having the Lamborghini if you don't know how to put it in reverse and you can't get it out of the driveway, you know. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Which is what happens (laughs) with these big cars. And, and, you know, if you drop – so a pro-level full-frame camera is going to set you back for the body only $7,000. And I am yet to see – I'm yet to see online – Still to this day, I have never, ever looked at an image and gone, oh, my God, that's amazing. I bet you it was shot on a Canon, a Nikon, a Sony, a Panasonic, (laughs) an Olympus, or a Fuji. You can't tell the difference. A good shot Mm. is a good shot, and most of the amazing images are taken on, you see them taken on phones and all sorts of different cameras. So it's not the camera. The camera will make life easier and if you're going into the the, the, then there are things that you'll start to find frustrate you'll grow out of the camera that you buy but you need to grow into it first so start with something um Easy and cheap, and with the fewer moving parts, so that there's less for you to learn. And so, just get yourself a basic entry level camera and a basic entry level camera. Five hundred to you know around five hundred dollars is going to be a really good camera. You you are going Mm. to be able to do enough with that and then as you find the limitations then you go well I might keep that as my second body and uh get something a little bit better better because you can see the limitations in the one that you have okay yeah good advice so i've created a uh, a long list of um Specs and which is going to be really boring to just sit and read out Val, but, uh, yep. basically I've created a list, you know, I've started, I probably should have started at entry and gone up to pro, but like, you know, uh, the, the different cameras and sort of price points, um, you know, cool, so that. Yeah. The, in so there basically and you can have a look this, and
1: yeah so basically this list is in the show notes which you can find at gina and gina's divided up uh in between pro and um enthusiastic enthusiast very like that, imaginative Pearl? gina thank you and entry level <laughs> and what she's done is she's 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 listed you know the sony's the canons like depending and, and also the model as well and yep. um highlighted some of the key features of each mm. camera so have, have a look at that and um, yeah like I said it's in the show notes at ginamilitia.com now if you're already at pro level um, it can be useful just to check out the entry level stuff because chances are you you might be buying a camera for your your you know a, a colleague or a friend or a son or a daughter or something like that so it can be useful to get them um, <clears throat> the appropriate kind of camera for for their level.
2: All right. yes, and cool. the, and the and the other thing I recommend Val is we've mm-hmm. got this amazing brains trust in the podcast community. So yeah. thousands of members who are in there and y- you could post in the group, "Hey guys, this is what I do. I shoot yeah. sport. Yeah. Uh, these are the kinds of things I shoot. I'm buying my first camera. I'm looking at this camera and this camera and I guarantee you will get You know, lots and lots and lots of replies as to you know why this model might be better for you, or whether to check out this one, and you will get honest feedback. And I think that is the best way to go. And also to actually, then then you've got a list of cameras, and you can go to your local. camera store they still exist and then go all right i want to you know entry level i want to try a fuji i want to try a nikon i want to try a canon you know what's this panasonic like and see how it feels see if you like it because if you like it chances are you're going to use it more and again you can't go wrong in this day and age anything you buy is going yeah. to be fantastic but what's important is that you get the, the camera that's going to suit you and then you move from there you can grow out of it yeah, and, and get something out and it's changing so quickly that i reckon they'll have like the camera will massage your feet make you coffee <laughs> and then and then the, the ai will get so intelligent it'll start going you'll you'll point at a shot it'll go really <laughs> <laughs> that hacky old shot you're doing that again you know can you imagine when the ai starts talking back to you
1: i wonder what his or her name will be gina
2: like well, not hans because their... hans actually made the camera that'd be amazing if the ai was hans and just like <laughs> hans started speaking to you but you probably had the choice like you could have like imagine here's an idea Imagine if they channeled like, uh, amazing photographers from the past. Like if you bought uh, a camera and you're a, uh, a landscape photographer Eek. and you've got Ansel Adams. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so cool. In like sometimes you can get those GPS yeah. systems that tell you yeah. to turn
2: right and turn left and you can choose it to be Keeper Sutherland or Morgan Freeman or whatever. Well, I changed mine to Italian once so that I could Ooh. learn Italian and then I realized really quickly that most of the words <laughs> I'd dumb. never heard before. What is a roundabout <laughs> in Italian? I'm like, I don't know yes. what this word <laughs> means. And then you had to speak Italian to be able to get it um, uh, back to Australian,
1: and no, so I was stuck. That's oh, just, that was dumb. just
2: there, dumb. Why
1: Belle. don't you just pick a language program? That's silly. But you know what just <laughs> occurred to me, Dina. I don't. I can't actually believe that I have not thought of this, and I think you have not thought of, about this uh, before. Is that the whole reason that we met? That we met ever was because of Hans, huh? <laughs> Yeah, Hans introduced us, a photographer in Sydney. I asked him for a recommendation for a photographer in Melbourne like decades ago. <laughs> and that like is how start. we have met. We met because of Hans. Wow. I'm not kidding. There yes. you go. So thanks, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hans. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. All right. Anyway, um, cool.
2: Anything else, Gina? That's it, Val. Hopefully everyone will um, come in and give their uh, sort of uh, pros and cons of the particular camera system. I know that there are a lot of mirrorless users and they love it and uh, then we also have a lot of uh, DSLR users who also love it, a lot of people that are on the fence, not sure, but it is – Guaranteed, it's exciting times. I, I can't I can't even imagine what's ahead for photography. Like contact lenses that you put in. <laughs> Seriously, that take photos. Yeah, like Google Glass. Yeah.
1: Well that's gone now, but
2: and like so Google you'll Glass just be able to record to be... your entire life as you see it. It'll be stored mm. in the cloud. And then this you is can like just an of,
1: episode of Black
2: Mirror. Yeah, probably. And then it's – I yeah. need to turn the light on because now it's getting scary. Now.
1: All right. Okay. So <laughs> we'll wrap up then. Gina, what are you doing in, until we talk again?
2: All right. So I'm getting organized for my trip and uh, I've got retouching to do. I've got a shoot to do on, in a couple of days. So it's busy times. Yeah. What about you, Val?
1: I will be continuing on with my saga of mm. artwork photography. Um, uh, I've tried many incarnations, and I and I need to get my because my tripod is in another suburb, and I yeah, need course. to bring it. You know, bring it home, <laughs> and so I'll probably do that tomorrow and tackle it again. And hopefully by the time we speak again, I will actually have a decent shot that is sharp. I gave you some
2: very great points. We, we should have recorded our conversation. Good. We said we That's should be recording true. this because it's like a little tutorial here, but we need to do have an entire episode.
1: Yes, yes. Well, yes, cause, and I will be able to describe all of the things that I have done wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, and some of the things I'm getting right, but we all will be – Discussed soon. We'll make it a tutorial or something for the gold community in case other people would like to do artwork photography. Because can I tell you, there are photographers out there charging an arm and a leg for artwork photography. But you yeah. know, you do need to know what you're doing. So good, little good on them for business, doing it. Maybe you could it start is. a business. No, that's doing okay.
2: It. I'm a bit no, it's busy. Okay. <laughs> um, where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at GinaMilicia.com So that's g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a. You can check it out my mirrorless work on my Instagram Instagram account. So that's at Gina Militia. I'm also on Twitter at Gina Militia. You'll find me in the podcast Facebook group. And if you want to connect with me in person, you can check out the gold community. So go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val?
1: You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, and, of course, the podcast community on Facebook that Gina was speaking about. All you need to do to join is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. It's free. We'd love to have you in there. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks,
2: guys.